Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you and about you, those that work so hard for your money and your money, you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now to live that life that you love, doing with what you love with those that you love. Guys, one more show. So excited to have you on. You guys have been binging, sharing. You've actually made us one of the top podcasts on and Blog Talk Radio, which is pretty cool. We're showing up in business and finance. So, hey, that's all because you guys are awesome. That's because you guys are hanging in there because you guys are creating powerful conversations and, and actually making this work in your life. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Quick reminder, check out our podcast. Well, obviously, you're checking out our podcast. You can check out our YouTube channel as well if you haven't done so. The Money Ripples with Chris Miles page where you can get these great podcasts on there as well as some other bonus videos to check out. So make sure you go there. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and, and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. So I got a special guest today. I've got Steven Pesavento, right? Did I say that right? You sure did. Steven oh, Pesavento here in the house. I should have asked you that beforehand, right? So, so Steven, I got Steven here. He's the host of the Investor Mindset Podcast, which I've also been a guest on as well. He's an active investor who curates commercial real estate investments for clients at his Von Finch Capital Company. Uh, he's raised tens of millions of dollars, which have successfully cycled through many different assets. Uh, he started in a single family, which we'll talk a little bit about today as an operator where he flipped over 200 houses in three years um, prior to expanding into more commercial focused business um, and also working with his ideal clients who are successful high income earners like himself uh, and like many of you here on this show too, who are investing to create more flexibility and independence. Through his top rated podcast and private investor community, he brings together real estate investors to not only learn, but also how to put these strategies to work in their lives. And what I really want to talk about today is his perspective on passive income, especially from someone who's been an active investor. So Stephen, welcome to our show. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here, ready to dive into all things passive investing mindset and real estate. Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, you give us kind of a rundown, like, you know, we, we got the 30,000 foot view. Now let's get into more of why you even started the down the path of real estate in the first place. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be one of two things growing up. I either wanted to be a chef like Emeril Lagasse, or I wanted to <laughs> renovate property like Bob Vila. And uh -huh. uh, I went a different route. I ended up uh, graduating from a great school in Minnesota called St. John's and went, uh, went into management consulting. And while I was working in management consulting, you know, you end up having the title, you have the income, you're grinding, you're working hard, but there's something that was missing. And it really drove me and led me down this path to go and find a passion, to go and find 
something that was really meaningful where I could both make an income as well as have that fulfillment piece. And so I've been on this journey and mindset's been a real key part of it, that personal growth, that drive to create a better life. Um, but real estate was the thing that kept coming up. It was that thing that I couldn't get rid of. And, you know, 10 years after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad at 17, I finally got into my first real estate deal. And uh, that first year we flipped over 75 houses. And then, like you said, in the next three, we did over 200 before we really wow. kind of expanded our game and expanded who we're really serving by moving into the multifamily and the overall commercial real estate space. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I mean, 200 flips in three years or over 200 flips. I mean, that's an, that's an incredible feat that most guys, even in the flipping game, don't ever attain, right? Like that's, that's pretty big to say the least. Uh, what, I mean, what, what were some lessons you learned from that? Like what, you know, good or bad from doing flipping? Yeah. So I think the, the big lesson is that what allowed us to be able to scale and be able to create mm -hmm. the business that we had created was that we got super crystal clear on what it is that we want and why we wanted it. And then mm -hmm. we went out and we found some mentorship. We found some coaching. We found some other people in the industry who are doing what we wanted to do and had a model for doing that. And then we, we modeled what they did. We, we mirrored it. We improved on it. And we set out to do that in two different states while doing all of this remotely, right? Living in yeah. California, then Colorado and flipping houses in Minnesota and Raleigh, North Carolina. So we worked uh, very hard to create this system, to create this structure, to create this business that would create uh, opportunities for us to have these flips, to go and buy them directly from the homeowners and then turn around and you know, sell the property for a profit. During that process, what I realized, one of the big lessons learned was just the power of building a team, of working with experts, of partnering with experts, of attracting the right kind of talent and building a real system of people who are going out there and doing the work every single day uh, to be able to create that income, to create that opportunity. But one of the things that was missing, one of the things that really drove me down this path towards uh, consistent investment, towards really true investment that creates both cash flow as well as equity gain and all the tax benefits that real estate can offer was realizing that after building this business and creating these big chunks of money and really grinding that I had built a second job. I had built a, a new career, but I hadn't built a company. Although I had a ton of people working for us and although we were spending a significant amount of money on marketing, we were making a significant amount of money and we were having success that I couldn't step away from that business without that business failing to flourish. And so in that process, I realized the importance of building a real business. And so we started looking at it. Well, what can we do to make some changes? How can we improve the systems? Who can we hire? Who can we attract? And I remember I was at this conference. I was at a, a place to go and learn and grow. And the idea of your ideal client came to light. Mm -hmm. And it was in that conversation that I realized that the client we were serving was not the client I wanted to serve for the next 20 years. And so mm -hmm. the big draw uh, was the fact that by switching and changing our focus, we were able to start serving a client that are people just like us, people who mm -hmm. are successful, people who are high income earners, people who are busy doing the things that they're the best at, but maybe don't have the time to go invest in real estate, but want all those benefits. Yeah. And so by switching this focus, it allowed us to be able to work with people that really excite us, that we can really help, that we can flourish and that have that same 
way of thinking and really believe that they can create a better life. And so there's a ton of real hard reasons behind why multifamily and commercial real estate in general was such a powerful direction for those folks and for ourselves. But at the core, it really came down to wanting to build a company around the type of person that we want to serve. And that's exactly what we've done at Von Finch and we've done it quite well. Wow. That's interesting because uh, I mean, so many people and I have, I'm in a mastermind group where there's a lot of guys who are wholesalers and flippers and, and they're, you know, they're basically trying to scale up. Right. And you were in that same path. And then you, you didn't just, you didn't even scale up. You ended up just doing a total pivot into a completely different asset class and even a strategy. I'm sure you had a like upend teams and everything else too, which I'm sure create a lot of conflict and, and tension, you know, within the team, because some people either became useless or they had to change, find a way to get a new skill. Right. So, I mean, you had all this mm -hmm. stuff happening, right? Was, was it worth it? Was it really worth that change? Or could you just kept going down that path of, of uh, flipping properties? You know, I think the, here's the truth about flipping properties. You can make a lot of money doing it, mm -hmm. but it is not investing per se. It's investing in the sense that you're buying something, you're forcing appreciation, you're selling it right away, but yeah. you're not creating consistent income. You're not creating cash flow, and you're not creating anything that uh, has legacy. And so we started holding on to some of these properties. You know, when you're mm -hmm. buying, you know, 75 houses a year, we started holding on to some, started doing the single yeah. family rental or duplex rental game. We had third party property management. We're a professional company, so you know we were able to both get the best people as well as uh, be able to have our own team on the ground to manage these properties. But yeah. the truth is when you're working at such a small scale, when you're working at managing your own properties or just a handful of properties, uh, you don't really get the economies of scale. You end up, yeah. uh, it's much tougher to go manage five single family rentals than it is to go manage 200 units of an apartment building. And when I say tougher, that doesn't mean that anybody off the street can go and do this successfully, but yeah. When you have the right skills and expertise, the right experience, and you brought the right management, the right vendors, and you partner with the right people, you can have a lot of success. And that's one of the big reasons why passively investing in these opportunities is so powerful is because they're large enough to allow us as operators to go and sell shares, to actually buy a security, to buy shares and ownership in this business. And then for all of us to be able to be fruitful and benefit from that together. And for passive investors, the cool thing about this is they can go and, uh, and many of our investors did, they can mm -hmm. go and uh, loan uh, debt. They can go loan money to a fix and flipper on a six month term, and they can get 8%, maybe 10%, maybe 12% returns annually. But here's the catch is that those are short-term projects. And when the project's over, uh, yeah. so are the returns. Yep. The other thing about it is there's a lot more risk with a shorter term loan. Now with mm -hmm. a fully passive deal, the benefit is that people are typically investing for one, three, five, 10 years or longer. Mm -hmm. They're investing, they're continuously getting that income, but it's large enough to uh, accommodate having all of these professionals working hand in hand together to be able to go and execute. And so once we really started understanding the difference, and there's a few other nuances that I'm happy to share, it was yeah. so clear to us that we needed to make the change that although we were at the top of this mountain, we looked over at, across the valley and we realized, well, the mountaintop that we actually want to be on and that we want to be shepherding all of our clients on is actually mm -hmm. over there. So we're yeah. going to take that ego hit of going down the mountain 
of, of winding down our current business so that we can then climb the mountain that is actually going to end up serving all of us in such a more effective way. And I'm super grateful that we went down that path. But the truth is when you're flipping houses versus investing long-term, you're going to have a very different push and pull. And so that's the big reason. And that's the big direction of why we went, um, we went towards multifamily. I love it, man. Where, where I see, you know, it, it's pretty plain to see like anybody who wants to put money in, you know, they can be very much a passive investor, still get some of the tax benefits and everything from, you know, putting your money in like a syndication, for example, into an apartment complex or something like that. Um, for you personally, like, like you said, for you, it was actually easier trying to knock down 200 doors and manage those. And it wasn't even five properties, right? Uh, five individual properties. Uh, go more along there, that, those lines for your own personal experience, because you, you had to create freedom for yourself where you, like you said, you were running a really good, successful business, but it wasn't, an, you wasn't being an investor. You were kind of trying to run a business, almost self-employed type to quasi business owner. If you look at the quadrants, right? Um, so for you, like as an investor, as, as being the operator, how do you find things easier for you now? Yeah. I mean, we had 15 people in our company, so we were running a, a business, but yeah. the truth was that being able to truly step away from it was probably a low likelihood. You know, you're taking uh -huh. on an incredible amount of risk on short-term loans when the housing market shifts in a short-term yeah. manner. Uh, you're, you don't have the space to be able to absorb that uh, versus when you're investing with long-term debt. And yeah. uh, when you are taking that risk and you're signing on the loans and you're responsible for that, it's your duty to yourself as well as your investors to be highly engaged on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, yeah. And there isn't necessarily the profit margin available to hire very high-level people. And so it's much tougher. Mm -hmm. However, on these larger deals, the big benefit for us is that we have the ability to go out and recruit and partner with true experts, people who have mm -hmm. been property managing for 30 years, who have managed 10,000, 50,000 units and are able to bring that expertise to our deal, uh, as well as operators and other partners who can bring that local expertise and knowledge to the table. And we can cut them in on the upside because one of the big advantages for investors is that when they invest in debt, they're typically yeah. getting a set interest rate, 6%, 8%. Mm -hmm. 10%, yeah. whatever that might be. Um, however, uh, they don't have any participation in the upside. There's a benefit right. of the upside because you're actually taking nearly the same amount of risk, depending on where that position of the loan is. Oftentimes for investors, that's in second position, which means mm -hmm. it's a little bit riskier. However, in, in the uh, syndication space, in the crowdfunding space, in the uh, passive investor space, you're typically in a much stronger position. You're in an equity position, which means you're nice. participating in the upside. And oftentimes that means 80% or more of the mm -hmm. profit is gonna to go to you as a passive investor. So that means the operator is literally gonna be working for you to be able to go and create diversification. You can invest in different areas, different markets, you know, mm -hmm. with different management teams. You can have the tax benefits of investing passively and owning real estate, but without having to manage and you're mm -hmm. truly passive. So you're not in that position to manage. That's exactly why you've hired and partnered with these operators, but you get to leverage their time expertise um, and access to capital while you're sitting back and focusing on making the money. And so for us as an operator, that's beneficial because we get the ability to have economies of scale that help all of our deals collectively. The more that we do, the, the better that our operation continues to work. Yeah. But 
the the investor has a has an aligned interest. So mm -hmm. it makes it much more compelling to raise capital, especially from sophisticated investors, people who are making great money and they want to participate in these kind of deals. And it's very fair. You know, when you're receiving 60, 70, 80% of the profit as a passive investor, as a syndicator, we're very happy to receive, you know, 15, 20% of the potential profit on the back end because yeah. We know that when we're going to go and select a great opportunity, we're going to bring our knowledge and expertise to the table to bring those relationships that can get us that deal. And we know that we're going to put in this time, effort, and energy, and that we're going to see that profit on the back end. So yeah. we essentially make that bet. You come in along with us, but we only get paid when it's successful. So you have that added assurance that if we're truly an experienced team, that we're going to be able to... Uh, have the lowest uh, risk while having the highest upside. It's a big reason why investing specifically in private real estate over mm -hmm. something public like a REIT mm -hmm. has such a higher return profile. You know, typically yeah. in private real estate, we're talking about, you know, a 12% to a 17% return annually mm -hmm. um, or higher yeah. uh, versus in the public markets, you're typically seeing an eight to a, maybe a 12 if you're lucky on publicly traded real estate. Part of that is the liquidity, the ability mm -hmm. to buy and sell whenever you want, which can actually be a huge problem for people. They make the wrong decision because they're emotional, but right. it's because when you're working with a private team, they're able to go out uh, and really use that expertise and knowledge to go and find really great deals. Well, and most of those REITs too, I mean, they're, they're, they're not investing for cash flow for one. I mean, they're, they're, they're not even looking for immediate profits. They're just trying to buy something, sometimes even over, buy it above value where they're actually in a position of debt, not equity. And uh, they're trying to you know, hope that the growth, the real estate market will eventually let itself figure itself out, right? So we can get those returns. And it's a whole different animal than a specific deal, a specific property where you might be investing in. So... You froze there. So say that just one more time okay. and then your editor can cut it out and all. Uh, right. I'm just, just saying like, you know, the difference with REITs obviously is that they're buying it sometimes buying it overvalued, right? They're not even buying it with good value. They're just trying to no. buy a bulk of property sometimes at a, at a premium cost and hoping that over time they'll make the returns back for you guys. You can get into a specific deal, buy it with instant equity with, or you know, a great value add or something like that to give some good returns and some more certainty and less risk around it while getting higher returns. Right. That, that's exactly it. And because real estate is an inefficient market, which mm -hmm. means the information isn't always publicly available to everybody, it gives operators like ourselves, like Von Finch and the investors who invest with Von Finch, the ability to use that knowledge that isn't available to everyone else to essentially insider trade on real estate. You're not allowed to mm -hmm. insider trade in stock market. If you know right. information that someone else doesn't know, you're not allowed to make investments based on it. But in real estate, that's exactly what we do. And it's, it's encouraged, it's accepted. And so on a local level, we start understanding where's the path of progress, what's happening here locally, who do we know, who can we buy from, and we bring that to the table. And that's why as a passive investor, one of the most important things you can do um, is to really understand who it is that you're investing with. And yes. I want to share a, a really powerful guide that we put together for passive investors that I think will help give you a little bit more of an insight into not only what you can do with passive investing and how that can be beneficial to your portfolio and getting 
some of the more of that time freedom, but how to choose the right people. And I'll talk about it, but if you guys want to grab it, it's available at investormindset.com slash passive. That's investormindset.com slash passive. And it's this 52 page guide. You can just flip right over to this section on due diligence and mm-hmm. you can start understanding what are some of those questions we want to ask? What do we want to dive into and start getting a good understanding of who you should be operating with? And maybe we can, we can answer a couple of those questions live for people, but I definitely encourage you to go grab that resource. Um, so you can really kind of get a head start on your education. Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes too, in case you guys are driving or something, you can't quite access it right now. Um, now let's talk just a few of those points. We got a few minutes here. Uh, just bring up a few of those points of due diligence that somebody should do when they're looking at that. And you mentioned who you're investing with is really important. I, and I 100% agree. Yeah. So I think more so than the opportunity, you want to bet on the jockey, not the horse. And yes. what does that really mean? When it comes to investing in syndicated real estate, what you really want to be doing is you want to be focused on uh, betting on who is going to be the operator, who is that person or the team that is going to go out and have the expertise and knowledge to be able to go out and find a great deal in a great market and be able to select that opportunity and bring it to you as an investor. Because anybody who understands this concept of you know, horse racing, or really any kind of expertise, you want to be betting on that person who is going to be uh, leading the way and really driving that train forward, you know, and so a great experienced jockey is somebody who has been in the game for a while, they have ridden many horses, they've ridden many races, they understand what those little nuances are in going and selecting the horse that's going to win. And frankly, they're, they're going to bet their uh, reputation on a horse that's going to have the highest likelihood of success. And so the same is true in syndication. You want to bet on somebody and on a team who has that track record of past success, who has gone out there and done it in the past, and they're executing a similar business model again. And so as an investor, you want to get to know them and understand what have they done in the past or what has the team done, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be everybody on the team doesn't have to be you know, a 20, 30, 50 year veteran, but you want to have somebody on the team who's making those game time decisions, um, you know, day after day. The, the second thing is I really like to encourage people to get really clear on what they want and why they want it. So what are you investing for? What's the purpose? Are you looking for cash flow? Are you looking to create equity gain, you know, grow your overall mm-hmm. portfolio? Uh, right. Are you looking for a blend of the two? You're looking to create some cash flow distributions every month or quarter, and you want to get that highest overall number. Well, you yeah. can find investments that fit any of those. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking with the sponsor, uh, you can ask them, well, what kind of deals do you do? What does those typically look like? What are the return profiles? And then you can ask the question, what does the deal structure typically look like? And mm-hmm. that way you can understand, are they going to give you uh, terms where you as the investor receive most of the profit. I think it's important to be in a situation or a partnership where you as the investor are receiving majority of the upside on the deal. Sponsors have to get paid. We're going to go out and do a lot of work. And you know, yeah. you're obviously hiring us to go out and do that, but it should be a fair deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we believe you should ask that. The final thing, which I think is the most important uh, is it comes down to values. What do they believe that you believe? Are they uh, going to communicate with you in the way that you like to be communicated with or the way that you're comfortable being communicated? Are they going to be clear and transparent? 
These things are small, but when you're having those initial conversations, you can start to get a feeling for, is this person somebody that I can trust? And then you can dive deeper into more information about them on their podcast, in their resources. You can look at past deals and all of these things get you into a position of comfort because you don't need to be an expert in order to invest passively in real estate. However, it is valuable to get educated so that you can make those right decisions and invest in those right teams. Absolutely. Oh, great stuff. And again, everybody, I encourage you guys to go to investormindset.com forward slash passive to get more of these tips. So these are, this is really gold. Like these are the kind of questions you should be asking everybody and really determining what's the right fit for you. So now if people want to follow you specifically, Stephen, like they want to, you know, obviously they can go to that website and get that, that, uh, that guide there, but if they want to follow you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah. The best way to get, uh, more information about us is definitely go check out the investor mindset podcast, go click over and subscribe to that right now. You can head over to investormindset.com to find out more about the show, more resources on, you know, success and coaching and really being able to get into the right headspace to be able to make progress as a passive investor. Um, yeah. But if you're looking to reach out directly, I encourage you to head over to your favorite social media app, uh, search Steven Pesavento and shoot me a direct message and let me know that you listen to this show and what you're interested in. And me or a member of my team will put you in touch and share the right resources so you can really get that head start and be able to go out and do great things. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well because everybody, I mean, if there's some great resources here, but you know, definitely encourage you to check out this podcast and get more information there and really get to know Stephen as well, especially if you're looking for someone you know, that you might be looking to invest with, or even just to trust, you know, even just get this kind of information. It's really, really important. You get good information. You don't just get pitched. So everybody, I invite you guys to do that. Steven, again, thank you so much for your value drop today. This has been really, really valuable information for us. Awesome. Hey, thank you guys so much. And I just encourage you guys to take some action with it. Ask yourself, well, what can I do today to move myself closer where I want to go and go do that. So thanks you guys. That's right, guys. It's not just about being a hear the words, about being a doer as well. Taking action on the, the information you're given and making that create a difference in your life. So everybody, hey, thank you for joining in again. Be sure to keep tuning, rate our show on iTunes, make it a wonderful and prosperous week. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now.